Welcome to the Diabetic Podcast. I'm Justin. I have type 1 diabetes, and on this podcast, we talk all things diabetes tech, management, tips, news, and beyond. If you tuned into last episode, then you'd know I had this incredible opportunity to visit Inslet headquarters in Acton, Massachusetts. They're the producer of Omnipod, and there I got to get a peek behind how the pumps are made, and I even got to interview an executive. There are a couple interviews that are already posted. One is on this podcast, so go check that out. The other's on YouTube. On today's episode, I'm bringing my longtime friend, Jenna Wolf, on. She's had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. She came to Inslet headquarters with me, and we're going to talk all about the site visit. We got a behind-the-scenes look at Omnipod's research and development lab. We learned all about the components that go into the pump, and we walked the factory floor. So now we're going to walk you through the visit. And get ready, because there were some what you could say interesting moments. New episodes of this show release every Monday on YouTube and all major podcast platforms, so be sure to follow and give it a rating if you enjoy it. I've got links to my YouTube and socials in the description of this episode. Keep in mind, anything you hear on this podcast or my content in general is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your health care. Now, before we start the conversation, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Oh, we don't have any this episode, and that's okay. I've been too busy producing this podcast to have time to reach out to people, but in time, we will get some. All right, enjoy. We're recording. You're on my Woo-hoo! podcast. Welcome. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> We're so yeah, official. Yeah, this is... This is episode four. I'm so excited to have you on. This is very full circle, and we'll get into that in just a second. But first of all, today is May 15th. Do you know what that is? You don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> today is my two-year anniversary. Today. Oh, my gosh. I. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's crazy. I remember yeah. talking to you on the phone like in obviously the early stages of you being, you know, misdiagnosed with type two. And then, you know, me kind of being like, I don't know, it sounds like you might have type one too. And then obviously your eventual diagnosis that really was confirmed through TikTok and such, but it's crazy to be talking to you on, on this momentous day. Yeah. So this, this is not posting until a week from now. So if you're listening to this, it was a week ago, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And I'm very happy to share it with you. I just realized this, like, Right before we started recording, I was like, so perfect. What timing? Yeah. Uh, So, Jenna and I had an incredible opportunity last week. We went to Inslet headquarters in Acton, Massachusetts, and we went to the headquarters where Omnipods are produced. This was such an incredible opportunity. We got exclusive access, and we're going to get into everything we can say from what we saw. We definitely saw some behind-the-scenes stuff that we can't talk about, but there is still so much that we can talk about. But first, Jenna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can get going. Oh, goodness. Where to begin? Uh (laughs) Your diet journey, whatever you want. My diet journey. Uh... (laughs) Well, my name is Jenna, obviously, as y'all already know at this point. I have had type 1 diabetes for 27 years. Um, I literally don't know life without it. I um, So Justin and I, and Justin and I met in college, so fast forwarding, obviously, several years. But what is really interesting about this experience of 
him obviously being diagnosed at this point in life and like already have us having a, you know, 10 plus year friendship under our belts is it's such a different level to connect on. But in the same breath, he's also, you know, Justin just being the tech guru that he is, has brought so many different ideas and conversations and technology like to my awareness too because I admittedly am somebody who's like oh I'm like a grandma at this point I've been doing this for forever and I am excited to be part of this educational experience with you yeah and this is like I said earlier this is a full circle moment because Jenna and I went to college together in Boston and that's where we were staying for this access. So like, it was just so crazy. We were staying right near where I used to work, where I used to live. We walked the streets. It was just like a crazy moment. And Jenna, I've known you for so long and that you've had type one diabetes, but I did not understand that world of yours until two years ago. And I think in many ways you and I have like been able to connect uh, in just so many other levels that other people just won't be able to with us. Just like doing like a, like just saying, oh, I'm low. I'm going to have a snack. Like, or, oh, look at the menu. I, just like these little things hanging out with you. It's, it's a really fun way to be able to interact and just be like, you get it. You know, well, it's the, it's why when I was younger, my parents, I was that kid that like, I went to like diabetes sleepaway camp and we were really active in the JDRF community. And it was intentionally. So my parents could they thought me me having friends or a community that again had this kind of like-mindedness this experience this the same experience would be really beneficial to me and i lost that as i became a teenager and it's such an it's so fun to have it at this point in my life and obviously with someone who i'm so close with outside of diabetes but now like you said justin it's this whole other facet to our relationship it's really really special yeah so let it's time to dive into this omnipod visit but Before we do, Jenna, why don't you tell us why this was a special opportunity for you to be there? Well, not only was it really awesome because I got to go to Boston with, you know, my best friend who I met in Boston, but I am also about to about to switch pumps for the first time in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) I was put on a Medtronic pump when I was seven years old. At the time, I was the youngest person in my county to be put on an insulin pump, made it on the news and everything, you know, big shot over here. Um, And I have just been upgrading after, you know, after contract, after contract, after contract with them up until this point. And it wasn't until about five years ago, right before I upped again to my most recent, my current Medtronic pump. Um, that I really even became aware that there were other options available, commercially available to patients. So, and then over the course of obviously the past two years, as Justin has become so much more knowledgeable and involved in, you know, quite a presence within the diabetic community, really digging into these options and what what kind of life could this allow me to lead? So yes, very long-winded way of saying I have, I just picked up my Omnipods literally five days after we got back from our trip. I have them sitting in my closet right now. I have to meet with my diabetes educator to get like the second part of the setup all taken care of. But I was so unbelievably excited to be part of this experience and be able to ask, you know, the experts a million questions and be able to experience this alongside Justin too. Yeah, it, it was such a great opportunity, and let's talk about that opportunity now because <laughs> we've been teasing it up. <laughs> so um, we arrive, Jen and I get there, and the first thing we do is go to the cafeteria, and um, 
I was just very surprised they didn't have milk alternatives. <laughs> uh, that, was, uh, that was my main gripe uh, when we first got there. We got coffee and I was like, there was just hot milk. And I was like, I want oat milk. <laughs> they have the fanciest espresso machine you could possibly buy. But we were like, oat milk? Hello? <laughs> They're like, no, we only have milk. I was like, excuse me. Uh, so Omnipod, please please work on that. Um, another thing I was kind of surprised by, I've always envisioned that places that like are like diabetes related locations or businesses would have like carb counts of food yeah. that they have. And I was very surprised to see like their menus, all the, everything that was out, it didn't have carb counts out and out like in, in view. And I thought that that is like a kind of a missed opportunity. It would be a cool way of like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe more difficult, but I don't know. It would just be a cool way know. to be like supportive. I mean, I, I, in the same vein as what you're saying, I've always been really interested in what attracts people who don't have an immediate connection to diabetes. Like why would you work in the diabetes sphere? And I, I don't know, like you said, missed opportunity for, you know, kind of leaning into it or potential, you know, other branding opportunities and stuff, get that insulate logo everywhere. But I just thought it was a, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you're making a product that's catered to a very specific audience. You are serving a very specific demographic of people, but then in the office spaces that seemed to still be a little, not neglected, that's too harsh of a word, but just overlooked in a way. Yeah, I mean, I do know a lot of people get into this field because they have family members. Some some themselves have diabetes. In fact, someone who was escorting us kind of around the whole building, he had di- he has diabetes and that's why he like loves what he does. Um and then also, I think people genuinely like there are good people in the world that want to help people, you know, and want to work on a um on technology that truly helps people. And that's kind of where we're going next uh, because I feel like we saw this true passion uh, for uh, wanting to help people in the R&D lab, the research and development lab. Now, this was a complete surprise to me that we were gonna go to this department. This is where like everything happens. This is where they are currently creating new Omnipod pumps, testing things, trying to make them smaller, everything. This is the room where they've built probably the last few models before, you know, I don't know when this, I don't know how long the building's been there, but they have built and conceived a lot of the pumps in this very room. So uh, Jenna and I walk in and when we get there, they have like these tables set up for us to build our own Omnipod pumps. No, it was this the was... coolest thing ever. It <laughs> felt like a, like a real life game of operation where we had the tweezers and all of the components mm-hmm. that we had to put together. And I mean, obviously, you know, Omnipods aren't made by hand individually, but getting that hands-on experience was so unbelievably enlightening. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And what they did was they kind of showed us, well, they had like a screen up and they were showing us basically how to put the parts in the pump. And they were explaining as we went what each part did, which was really interesting. Um, A few parts that I can talk about that were very interesting to me was one, and I'm actually going to show you the pump. I might as well, if you're watching video, I'm going to show you. If you're not watching this in video, don't worry. I will explain it to you so that you can understand. So I've got a pump in my hand and there is this little round circle Uh, That is a flat circle that uh, lays uh, basically on the top, on the front of the pump. That is called the piezo. And the piezo basically is this little plate 
that can make create sound so that that beep that we hear it comes from the piezo and it is this just like this flat surface it's not powered by anything like it doesn't have a it doesn't have like um a battery in it or even a, rather it doesn't have a speaker in it it is it i forget how it works i don't remember but, how it works either but they equated it to you know when you have like you know glasses of water and you like put your hand or you know you're like making noise with your hands with like the wine glasses of water yes yes so it's it's basically creating sound without energy or yeah i don't know if i'm saying right. it's a little above my head if i'm being totally yeah, honest they did a great job at, of explaining everything Another thing that I found very interesting, and this is something you would be able to see on your pump, on your, on your pump. So when you look at the backside, which is where the tab is, there's this little circle and piece that's like a piece of paper. So what this is, it's, it's a piece of paper that can allow air through it, not water, but air, like very small molecules. And what they use that for is to sterilize the pumps. So the pumps aren't sterilized until after they're made and they go to wherever they go out of the factory, they get sterilized elsewhere. And something I realized, Jenna, was I was looking at my Dexcom, the Dexcom G7, mm -hmm. and the bottom of the Dexcom G7, the applicator, has the same paper. They're you and and we oh. were told that they use the same process, but I had never realized it before. But they, yeah, it has the the G seven has the same paper, and I assume that the G six that paper that you rip off, I'd assume that that is the same paper. Don't quote me on that. Um, but back to this R and D lab. So Jenna and I are building these pumps, but we meet this guy John, who has been there since the beginning, the inception of Insulet twenty years ago. And he was just so fascinating to to listen to and to talk to about these pumps. Jenna, his passion, right? Like he was so passionate. John single-handedly, like I, again, I have been a diabetic for a really long time at this point, and through all of the ups and downs, you know, I am I have become quite a skeptic in my lifetime with just you know the we don't need to get all into it here about my like you know, crazy pharmacy theories, <laughs> but John was someone who I got to put a face to this obviously massive corporation, one that I am now investing in too, as it, as a new, you know, patient essentially. And John made me believe that like, there are good people in this industry. There are good people behind these huge corporations. And John doesn't, he's not a diabetic. He said he didn't have it in his immediate family, but he just saw a need for his, you know, for his engineering skills. He saw a need for this kind of technology. And it was, it was truly incredible. There's actually a great moment with John where he, you know, we're going through all the pumps and he's talking about the pros and cons versus the tubed and tubeless pumps. And I'm getting an alert. I have high blood sugar. So I pull my pump out at one point to give myself some insulin. And John, like I, John looked like he had seen a ghost. <laughs> he, the look on his face is like, I didn't mean any disrespect. I'm like, no, 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 I'm coming to your side, pal. Don't you worry. <laughs> like, but he, he truly believes in the product he creates, which is really, really special. Yeah, I have to say since our visit, I haven't looked at my pumps the same. Every time I put it on, I look through, like I look through the plate because they are somewhat uh, transparent. The ones, uh, and the one I was holding up before had like a completely transparent 
um, cover, but the, the ones that they make now for, for consumers are still a little bit transparent. And I like look through and I'm like, oh, that's the battery. That's the piezo. That's where the needle is. That's where the little arm is that pushes the needle. Like it's, it's a fascinating, it is a work of art, this thing really to put is. all of these parts. And it really, like, I, I never really thought much to it. I never did. And I think that this pump deserves credit for how incredible this technology is and also how innovative it is. Like if you, if you're watching in video, you'll see this like metal arm, that's what pushes the needle through. And then this pink piece, which you can actually see when you're using, um, the consumer one that gets stuck with the needle in, and then the arm comes back and swings around the other side and it retracts the syringe. I mean, rather the, um, the needle. So it doesn't stay in you. Like it is a work of art. <laughs> It's um, crazy. It really is. And again, like as we were saying, the fact that this team of people has dedicated their lives to helping helping us, helping people like us, it's just it's incredible. And they're so freaking smart. They're so freaking smart. Seriously. You know, at one point they were they apologized. They're like, I'm sorry if we're rambling too much. And it's like, no, please keep going. Like this is so fascinating. Oh yeah. I was eating that up. He was like, Yeah, stop me if you want me to. I was like, don't stop. I, I'm. They're gonna have to pull me out of this room. Well, they essentially did. We ended up staying in R and D. I think like thirty some odd minutes longer than we were supposed yeah. to. Yeah, we were definitely running behind, and that's gonna come into play a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but before we leave the R and D station, uh, we also were able to see the older models of the pumps, and not mm. just the not just the prior shape which was the considered the omnipod which was the omnipod 2 which came before so right now we're at omnipod 5 now before that was omnipod dash before that was omnipod eros uh which i don't think went by eros i think that was just kind of like the name that manufacturing and pharmaceutical companies use to like internal and then before that was the Omnipod 2, and that was a slightly larger model that was 30% larger than the one we currently use. Uh, so that was cool to see, and we were able to see inside that one. But what was even cooler than that was we saw the Omnipod 1, the original pump that was used to get FDA clearance. This pump never went to consumers. This was alone to get the, I think, 501k or whatever that is, FDA approval in order to then work on a consumer level device. And this device was significantly larger than even the Omnipod 2. I'd say it was probably 30% larger than that one. Yeah, but it was crazy. so cool to see. I think that one had five batteries at least compared to the current one that has three batteries and they're about the same size. So it's significantly smaller now, uh, but that was so cool to see. Um, and if you want to see it, I don't have one. I wasn't allowed to take one home, but I'm going to be showing those off in a YouTube video that I'm creating, which is like a behind the pump is my working title for it. So I'm looking forward to sharing um, all that behind the scenes stuff with everyone. Uh, but Jenna, Jenna, what did you think of the older pumps? I, so my first exposure to Omnipod was way back when, when Nick Jonas was a spokesperson for them. I remember being like in my early, like preteens and seeing this and just being like, Oh, I don't want to wear. Like it looked to me like a hub almost. Like I think of it like a, 
you know, like like in Mario kind of thing, like the the little like mushroom toppers or whatever, or like Yoshi's. <laughs> I'm not describing this well. I'm not a gamer, so. <laughs> but I like it looked just like this like big bulbous thing, and I was immediately turned off by it. And so again, like in my you know frankly, my willful ignorance over the past however many years of never really looking at it again. I have never, I really couldn't appreciate the evolution of Omnipod until we were right there and seeing it right in front of us. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the version that, that I saw as a kid. And we were, my parents and I were like, absolutely not. We're not going with that. That's not for us to what it is now, which is such a, a more seamless version of it. It it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it was it was so awesome. And then Jenna and I, we both got to get our little pumps. Yeah. Uh, we got to take them home. And then they gave us little stickers that said not for human use. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I have that one, that sticker on my cell phone now. <laughs> oh, <wow>. It's a good <laughs> it's reminder. Adorable. Yeah, yeah. I, I truly, though, like every time I put one on now, I'm, I'm just so amazed by how much is going on inside. Uh, and then also, I think um, what kind of stood out to me was what comes next, which was we went to go on a factory tour, mm-hmm. a, fl- a floor tour of the factory. Um, so on the way there, they had this big um, structure or rather, what's it called? The A model. The, a model. Yeah, thank you. They had a model of their new Malaysia plant that they're building that's going to be done, I think, next year it's slated to be I think they finished. said 2024. Yeah. yeah, sometime in 2024. That production site is going to produce four times as many Omnipods that they do now. To put that into perspective, currently they're producing millions a year. So they're going to be creating four times as many millions a year. We didn't get exact numbers, but... Um, it's going to be nuts. Uh, they're going to be producing a lot. And my hopes is they're, the reason they need this is because they're going to be producing a lot of Omnipod 6s also. So, so they need Omnipod 6, 5, dash to all be made at the same time. Um, we didn't get any. We didn't get any information on Omnipod 6. I was literally just about to ask you that. I was like, wait, did I miss like a hot tip you got? But no. <laughs> okay. No. No, I wish. I wish they would have given us something. But they... I think we did see a lot of um, kind of the history of Omnipod. And for me, I mean, that was just such an incredible experience. That, And it's things that a lot of people listening won't have known. Uh, so I'm excited to show them that on YouTube. Now, um, in order for us to go on the factory tour site, we had to – we like walk into this big – we walk through this like factory door and – then there's like sinks lined up on either side. There were like, there were like what? 30 sinks. I was also like, how often, like, what are the chances that all of these sinks are being used at the same time? Like shift change. They said that they are oh. producing, I believe 24 hours a day. So maybe it gets yeah. kind of crazy, but I legit felt like I was in like an episode of Grey's Anatomy or something. You know, they're like, you have to wash your hands for at least 30 seconds and get under your <laughs> fingernails and do the whole thing. It was very, it was very serious. Yeah, and not just wash your hands. We had a whole list of things that, like, you like of uh, requirements for what you could wear. Now, one of them was you can't wear earrings. Now, fun fact I got my ear pierced like a month and a half ago. (laughs) And even more fun fact is this is the second time I got it pierced. The last time I got it pierced, it got infected. So I'm like very sensitive to, like, I'm not taking out my earring, I'm not taking it out. But for this, I had to take it out. And I did. It actually, 
It took a little finagling, but I got it off my ear and I wound up putting it in like a little pouch, put it in my pocket. So then um, we have to put on, and then Jenna, what, how many earrings do you have? You took them like off the night before. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I was prepped in the hotel room. I went completely bare. Like, you know, I've got the nose ring, all the ear piercings and everything, but it was quite an ordeal. There, There was also somebody at Insulate who told us that she's like, I have been invited to the production facility multiple times and I've never gone just because I have too many piercings and it would take too long to take them in and out. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, okay. So yeah, clearly <laughs> not messing around with that at all. <laughs> yeah. So next up, after we got through the sinks, I took out my earring, we start putting on like factory dressing. So we put on like this, like this robe, we put on gloves that go over the robe. Mm-hmm. I had to put on like a beard mask or like a like a lunch lady beard mask and then we both had to put on like the headgears we put on glasses and then we put on like covers for our shoes and there was like a whole process of like yeah and then there was the process of like you put one on then you put that foot over the bench then you put the other one on then you can go into the other room so like they have it down packed to like keep this place clean like they're not joking around in fact i was kind of like intimidated by one of the guys that was with us because he like was just very serious and stern about everything and i was like i get it (laughs) but i'm feeling like really uncomfortable with you like (laughs) i felt like i was in school and the teacher was like they were just a strict teacher they weren't mean they were just strict (laughs) well and i mean there is we were told several times too, and in in Insulet's defense, you know, obviously this is a production facility; they're making medical equipment. Of course, it has to be sanitary, you know. But at the same time, this is Justin was the first person to be invited into this facility, and I luckily got to tag along. But like, they have never done any kind of exposure like this before, so I, I can sympathize with them for why they would be nervous about two two layman's. Obviously, hello, it's not like Justin and I are going in and out of clean rooms every day. <laughs> Like, we just, we've never done anything like that before. Yeah, this was, like, seriously, they would not stop saying, like, we've never done this before. Or rather, just to correct you, they did say two weeks ago they did they did yes. this for the first time with a group. I believe it was a group of influencers or something. But, like, they did keep reiterating, like, we've, like, we never do this. Like, this is, this is huge. So, like, I felt very honored to have been asked uh to go they were like our employees don't even do this (laughs) like omnipot like rather like obviously people on the factory floor but they were like people who work at omnipod don't even get invited to like see the floor at all so this was this was a really neat experience well and a testament too to their to their to insulate's efforts to to get away i think from the Again, me as somebody who has been dealing with this for 25 years plus at this point, like to get away from that perception of just being like this big pharma kind of company, like it, from our impression, from the curated experience we had, everybody we met was just so kind, so passionate and genuinely, you know, eager to educate us on their process. It definitely felt very human and like they are trying to build the, the community surrounding Omnipod. Yeah. So then we go through this door, that door has to close, then the other door can open and we are on the factory floor. And this is a huge, huge production. There are, you know, machinery, there's machinery everywhere. There's little robots doing their thing like very quickly. Like 
I'm so sorry to yeah. interrupt you. We had to wear earplugs, though, because it was so... There was oh. so much going on in there. It mm-hmm. is a regulation of, of Omnipod. As soon as you enter their production facility, you have to have them in for, you know, liability reasons. But it was crazy how much was happening. Yeah, our tour uh, guide guy was like he was like don't worry you put the earplugs in i will yell don't worry (laughs) and i still was like what what i was like going right up to him i was like huh huh i really liked the earplugs too they were actually kind of cute like i legitimately wanted to keep (laughs) i almost did i almost did i was like these are kind of fun like i could you know bring these to coachella (laughs) there you go right um but yeah we can't really get into like everything we saw but just like it was so neat we saw like how each piece was made and or rather like even how each piece was like connected to the other piece. Um, And then they kept showing us like just how each piece then went and did this. And then this is where the chips are. And this is where the, 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 not syringes, where the, the chambers are. It, it was, it was a very neat experience. I've never been on a factory floor before, but prior to this, they let people look through windows. Like, yeah, this was, Very neat. And then also what I didn't know is they legitimately package everything there too. Like we saw the plastic, like the plastic that the Omnipod comes in, it goes from like a flat, a flat material. And then it gets molded into this, like, you know, perfectly fitting, uh, shape for, for the pod and stuff. That was pretty cool to see. Um, and then everything gets labeled, it gets the expiration date and, um, what was interesting is that from the date of manufacturing, I believe it was a 48 month or 24 month, I think 24 two year. Yeah. yeah. So a two, it was a two year life cycle for, for each Omnipod from the, from the second it's manufactured. So, um, that means my Omnipods have probably been sitting in a company's warehouse for too long. Cause I get them and sometimes they're like, they, they expire in like eight months. I'm like. I should, I'm sorry, but I should get the, the full two years just in case. <laughs> My new ones I just got were, are all November, 2022. Wait, manufactured November, 2022? <laughs> yeah. Manufactured. Okay. Well, that's the date that was on there. Not, oh my God, okay. not expiration date. <laughs> got it. Got it. So that means November, 2024. Okay. Wow. So you've have a long time to use those. That's great. Well, as long as my um, educator gets back to me soon, hello, talk, the oh clock's ticking here. Yeah. And by the way, for people listening, Jenna and I, Jenna's going to come back on this show to talk all about kind of her whole diabetes journey from like Medtronic to kind of switching over to Omnipod as well. I'm very curious to hear about that. We obviously don't have time to do that today, but um that's going to be a super interesting conversation because like just even like the stuff, the headaches that you've talked about with insurance companies, I think a lot of people will, will relate to. And um, maybe you even have some guidance for people that they can learn. So that's going to be uh, an episode that comes up soon. Uh, But for now we're still on this and okay. So we go on the factory floor. um, Then we're leaving. And as we're leaving, the people we're with are like, all right, We've only got 30 minutes. We're going to have to eat quickly. And then you have your interview. So yeah, and I was interviewing an executive. So we are rushing and I'm like, all right, um, like we go to the bathroom and then I go outside. Jenna's still in the bathroom. And I say to one of them, I'm like, hey, I want to put my earring in. Can I go do that? And then he's like, yeah, sure. 
why don't Je- why doesn't Jenna go to the cafeteria with you? I'll take Justin to go get his earring. So <laughs> priorities <him and> I, <laughs> here. <laughs> so him and I go to the room where my stuff was. I go get my my alcohol swabs. I get my earring, and we go into the bathroom. And I'm in the mirror, and I'm like trying to put the earring in, and like it won't go in. I'm having a lot of issues. I just don't understand. I'm like pushing and it's like, it's not hurting, but it's like not going in. So, um, then he's like, he's like, Oh, maybe this will help. He's like shining his phone's light on the back of my ear. And I'm like, no, this is, this is just, isn't working. And I'm like, this is like a professional experience. I'm like, I'm there. I'm trying to be professional. And my like ears, like not working. So 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 crazy. Yeah. It gets worse. Oh, I was just so say, him it, and I, so he. Oh no! Go ahead. You finish. So, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm gonna go get Jenna. I need Jenna to help me with this. So Justin Jenna, approaches this yeah. table, and I'm sitting there with two marketing people from Insulate, and he walks up, and I see he has blood dripping out of his ear, like going down oh. his neck. I'm like, what happened to you? Oh I had, my also, god! Also, I had no idea. I'm there. I'm like, hey guys, um, Jenna, do you mind helping me with the earring? And one of the marketing ladies, she's like you know, maybe you shouldn't put it in until after the interview. I don't know. You probably just don't want to be bleeding. I was like, bleeding? Like, what do you mean bleeding? Like, I'm fine. <laughs> so Justin and, and I, so I yeah. well, I go to spray it with saline and you're like, Justin, let's not do that here. Mind you, we're in a cafeteria with like a lot of people. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm walking through this cafeteria time. with a bloody ear. <laughs> <laughs> After going and being sterile on a factory floor. Uh, so, yeah. So they're like, yeah, there's a family bathroom over there. <laughs> so, Jenna, t- tell us what happens next. So, Justin and I just run in the family bathroom. And it just felt like it was such an in- it's such a moment of, like, the two of us just being our crazy selves. Of, like, Justin <laughs> panicking in the mirror because his ear is bleeding. And then I'm trying to force the earring in. And I notice that his piercing is done at an angle. Whoever did your piercing, we are not going to name names here. But, like, no, no, no. Someone needs to get trained again on how to do this. So we are, you know, we're doing this. We're freaking out. We're, how are we we're using the Purell this? machine. We're yeah. using the little Purell machine. Thank goodness there was one in the bathroom. We're, like, wiping our hands. We're, like, dousing the earring in Purell. I'm like, I hope this is okay. <laughs> I just like to imagine what the table full of marketing executives we left sitting in the cafeteria were thinking while we were doing this. Having this, like, crazy moment in the bathroom we ended up getting the earring in just fine he the yes. you know the little scab that it formed closed right up it's all good but like just one of the funniest most like <laughs> unprofessional moments in a very professional setting of my life and i yeah. love that we did it together <laughs> yeah so luckily no blood got on my shirt we were good no. to go we run to the cafeteria i gobble down my food because not only did our 30 minutes go down to like 20 minutes before the interview but we haven't set set up yet and i brought lights a tripod a camera microphones like and we we hadn't even seen the place where we were filming in retrospect i think what i would do next time is ask to see that room first put up some of the studio equipment then and then not have to worry 20 minutes before the interview. So that's something I learned. But um, so Jenna and I are like, uh, we like gobble our food and I'm like, okay, we need to go. So we, we run over there with like 10 minutes to spare. We get to the room. It wasn't a terrible room, 
but it wasn't the most ideal situation considering there was a huge conference table in the middle of it. <laughs> Literally like, shoved huge. all of these chairs, like 20 chairs in the corner of a room were like jumping over them trying to set up the camera, the lights, the audio equipment. It was just... And let's get into the interview just a bit. Obviously, we don't have to dive all the way into it. People can listen to it for themselves. It's on this podcast. We get into... The future of the Omnipod pump, future software, uh, how small it can feasibly get, um, and some other things. Jenna, what was something from the interview that stuck out to you? I wish that we had learned more, I will say. And I understand, again, this is a company that that is... um, this is their first time, you know, or, you know, next to first time inviting people like Justin and myself into their facilities. But I do wish we we were able to learn a little bit more. There was one question specifically that you asked that their response kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Um, it was when you had mentioned the p- producing a pump, a, a, a dual hormone pump, you know, the idea mm-hmm. being obviously it can load, it can have insulin in it, but it could potentially have glucagon in it as well, or another substance that's going to counteract um, any sort of low blood sugars. And their response was they're trying to eliminate burdens from the patient, from the user. And they're saying, you know, the hassle of managing multiple prescriptions and having multiple, you know... And in my brain, I'm like, I've been doing this my whole life and I'm always juggling multiple prescriptions and multiple conversations with my insurance company and multiple different, you know, when I flew to this event with Justin, I I had a glucagon with me. I have all of my, you Mm -hmm. know, I have a sensor change. I have a pump change with me. Like we are used to having those kind of materials for our survival. Essentially, it would be even nicer if it was all compact into one, one device at one time. Well, you know, so, well, let me say a couple things. Uh, one is, in case you're listening, you don't know what a dual hormone pump is. It's when it has both insulin and glucagon that will regulate regulate your blood sugar. So let's say you do overdose with insulin and you are going so low, your um, your automated system can't catch you. The glucagon glucagon can get released and then save you. Um, now, in some ways, we kind of did get an answer. We got an answer that, at least with his answer, it seems like Omnipod's not looking into that, or, or rather, Omnipod's not focused on that, and that's an answer. Um, and and other other companies out there may be more likely to get into it. Maybe Medtronic and Tandem, because their devices are already separate from this like pod that lives on your body, those may have be more realistic for dual hormones. I don't know. I mean, you know, there may be more room for that liquid. We saw the inside of a pump. This thing, I don't know if this can hold both glucagon and insulin. You may have to put two of these on and you may have to wear two pumps at a time with Omnipod. So that could be, um, that could be the case. So I agree we didn't get answers on that, but in some ways I feel like maybe we did. I felt the same way with my question about programming glycemic index. So glycemic index, if you don't know, it's the rate of which foods will affect your bloodstream. So for example, bananas, they have a high glycemic index. Those are going to hit your blood and orange juice, right? Those are going to hit your blood sugar very quickly. That's why we use those to catch ourselves from lows. Now, um, a sweet potato, 
has a lower glycemic index. So a sweet potato will take longer to hit your bloodstream. So what I was asking is, is there a future where you can program into the algorithm that you're eating a high glycemic index food or, um, or re- oh my God, I should have used the best example, pizza. Pizza has like, it's such an elongated, fatty foods have such an elongated release into your bloodstream. So like my hopes are that in the future you can program, I'm eating, I'm drinking orange juice or I'm eating pizza and the algorithm can use that information to better regulate your blood sugar. Now, Justin, does, yes, I was just about to ask you this. You currently have the ability to do that, right? Yes. So I use a system that's not FDA approved and I don't condone it, um, but build it at your own risk. Um, I personally enjoy it. It's called loop and it is a DIY system. Uh, very smart people built it. I actually have an episode coming out on this podcast, kind of the history of DIY loop, which I'm very excited about. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, um, what this is, and I can show you, if you're on video, I'll show you, I can program what the glycemic index is with different icons that are, there's a pizza, a taco and a lollipop. So I can plug in what I'm eating. Now, the benefit to being able to program glycemic index is an extended bolus or, or needing more insulin ahead of time. So what happens is when I program the glycemic index, if I put the lollipop, it's going to wind up giving me a little more insulin initially than if I were to put the pizza. And I can see that in real time. I've experimented and just looked to see what it's going to dose. So I found that it's very helpful. We got a response saying kind of the same thing as the dual hormone that they're trying to make things less complicated for people and less of a burden. I kind of fought back a little bit in that interview. (laughs) I, I, I was just like, you know, I think less of a burden is feeling healthier, you know, and I think with, with better blood sugar levels, I think there's less of a burden on your overall life. Um, and I was like, that's how I personally feel. And I hope that this is something you consider. I do understand. Yeah. And interesting too, that the, at least in, in the United States, the most, the two other FDA approved insulin pump systems offer not, not something where it's measuring your glycemic index, but they offer dual dual wave bolusing so you can essentially whenever i am eating pizza i know that i'm going to do a dual wave and it's going to give me a percentage of my insulin up front and a percentage of my insulin over an extended period of time and i can select how long the period of time it is your version of this is already a heck of a lot more simple than what mine is but still interesting that this is a a component that obviously the two other main competitors of Omnipod already have in their systems, but Omnipod has no interest in, in entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, uh, we did get into, I asked about the iPhone app. We didn't get the answer exactly that we wanted, but it exists. It's happening. It is being tested with people who have diabetes. I'm most likely not going to be using that app, but because I'm on loop, but I actually am more likely to consider Omnipod 5 because that exists. Because currently what I love about my system is I just bring my phone around. I don't need a PDM. And that would wind up happening with the Omnipod 5 as well. Your phone would become the controller, the pancreas controller for you. So um, 
that would definitely be an incentive for me and probably for a lot of people, even with Tandem and Medtronic, you'd no longer need to have that device that kind of sits on your belt and your pocket, stuff like that. Jenna, I'm, I like, it, it was so special to have you there and just like see Ooh. your eyes light up when certain things happened. And like, this really did feel like a, such a circle, a full circle moment for like our relationship and um, going from just being friends and you had diabetes to being like diabetes <laughs> <laughs> randomly truly and uh, you being someone who i could rely on at early diagnosis to just ask questions and then me then putting content out and you watching it and then learning some things from me and then us going on this trip together and learning things together um and then this new journey that you have coming up getting on omnipod 5 which i'm i'm so excited for you because you haven't been on an automated insulin system before that's huge it is huge and admittedly and i'm, I'm sure i'm not the only person that feels this way but again i have been doing this myself with you know obviously when i was younger with the help of my parents who were incredible but i have you know i have been doing and managing this myself for 27 years at this point so it i'm very very excited to not have to hopefully not have to think quite as much about it but i am i'm nervous i'm not gonna lie i'm nervous it's it's a totally new system it's a totally new way of it's a totally new calculation new algorithm new it's just new everything and who doesn't get scared when there's something a little new in their lives? And it's not even something, it's something new, but it's like, it's like your health and like, it's basically allowing yourself to be unstable in a, some way. Cause it's impossible to transition to this and have it be perfect. I mean, maybe that happens for some people, but it is scary cause you're changing systems. You're needing to get your settings right and relearn this whole thing that essentially yeah. powers your life. That's like a huge endeavor. And it's the reason why I think a lot of people stick with what they know and are less likely to try something new. And, and with my content, I hope to inspire people to learn about what's out there, whether I'm talking about Omnipod, Medtronic soon on the, on the podcast. Um, I want people to understand what's out there. Um, and also find the help. Like you have your diabetes educator. I want others to be able to reach out to educators as well. Jenna, yeah, we're going to be talking about your new pump adventure journey uh, very soon on the podcast. So I'm excited for people to see that. Um, but yeah, until then, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. It was really anything, special. <laughs> anything for Justin, always, always. Oh, no, happy you. to be here and hopefully be able to to share something and make something relatable for someone in your community out there. That'd be great. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Jenna's going to be back to talk all about her transition from Medtronic to Omnipod 5. I cannot wait to hear how that transition went. And also she's gonna be talking about the headache getting into it, which I know a lot of people experience. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to follow the podcast. That way you can tune in. New episodes of this show release every Monday on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. And I've got more tips, tricks, diabetes tech reviews on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to check those out. I'm Justin, and I'll tech you later. Do you or someone you know have a collection of stamps, coins, currency, comics, or sports cards, and want to get rid of it and make some money? You should contact Markist. Visit markest.com or click the link in the episode's description and contact them today. 
Oh, and tell them Justin sent you.